through. You might bring that back a little bit so I don't trip over it. That would be that would be most helpful. I wouldn't want to look like a fool up here. <laughs> uh, first of all, it's so great to be back, and it's so great to not have to hurry out of here. Um, I don't know if you but uh, when Sam was hanging out there, and he was waiting so patiently, so thank you, Sam. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's so cool to just be able to hang out and uh, and and be with you guys and not feel rushed to get up to the mountain, which which is really cool. It's funny because we joke all the time about well, we pray for the purpose, and it's not just to make your guys' lives miserable. Uh, we understand that uh, that snow in this town means business, and we know that snow brings people. And uh, it brings people to the mountain, and uh, it's it's such a cool thing because every winter we have people coming from all over the world to Loon Mountain, and we get to encourage them, um, the the capital C church, the the body of Christ across the world. So uh, we pray for snow for a reason, not because I mean it's great because we get good turns, but uh, but more specifically, it brings people and it brings more opportunities for us to share the goodness. Of Jesus. Now we are in a season though where you know the mountains close, so more snow won't bring more people at this point. It just brings chaos. So we're pretty happy because it is beautiful outside. Get out there today. Go hike. Whatever. I don't know what it looks like for you guys, but enjoy the sun and the spring, which seems like it's finally here. So that's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I want to echo. Uh, what Drew was saying about the missional communities. It's funny because it seems like a lot of times it's like, oh, let's all get up in front of the church because I have this to say and I have this to say. And I love hearing from Cookie and because she's not here all the time. Um, but the missional communities is a way that you know we we get to be sharing those things throughout the week. We get to be speaking into one another's lives throughout the week. And yes. That's true. It does do that. Yeah, that's good. Um, but yeah, like the missional communities is a way that we can we can you know be encouraged throughout the week and share that with one another and be built up in our faith. And so um, strongly, if you guys aren't a part of one, you know, figure out what it looks like to become a part of a smaller group that meets and is intentional in growing um, into Christ's likeness. So. Um, that doesn't really have anything to do with what I'm preaching about today, but just <laughs> that um, I uh, I want to start by just praying. And uh, this kind of hit me um, this week from Matthew chapter five, the Beatitudes, um, and that it says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit, um, for theirs is the kingdom of God." And there's something the Beatitudes were in in a way just this really countered like what the heck are you talking about those those aren't the people who are blessed um and blessed are the poor in spirit you know wouldn't would not equal like that wouldn't be blessed just like blessed are those who mourn um and, and he, he goes on to more and more that are just so confusing and countercultural. and the idea is the heart of god was that we would we would know our spiritual poverty um, and that when we come forward and we and we trust in Jesus, it's it's an act of, I have nothing, I am nothing, and we allow Christ to do that work through us. And so we are blessed by understanding the poverty in our lives and the poverty in our spirits. And so when we do that, we allow Christ to work fully through us. And so with that heart, I just want to pray this morning because there's nothing that I'm going to say or add um, to Christ that's going to make a message that's really good um, 
that's going to make us really understand and follow Jesus better. So um, I just want to pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you this morning for who you are. We thank you for your son Jesus, um, for his sacrifice, his, his life, um, and his resurrection. It gives me hope, um, but more importantly, he makes me all that I am. Um, Father, I just uh, pray this morning that not only not only I would surrender and just give up and understand my my spiritual poverty and that I have nothing apart from you, but that everyone here in this room we would we would understand that there is nothing that we have, there's nothing that we can do apart from you. And so, um, in the same way that as I speak this this word, um, not I can't add anything. Um, and in the same way they. That you can't, we can't understand what you're going to tell us unless we get to that point where, where you say we have nothing, um, and uh, we want to hear your word. We love you. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name, Amen. So I named this sermon uh, "Copycatters," um, and uh, I actually I actually shared this with a youth group a little while ago, um, and it's this idea that, uh, and and really, I think we all get it. We love to mimic things. We, we are copycatters. And, and there's a, a guy named uh, John, John Ron, or Jim Ron, I'm sorry, Jim Ron. And he said this, this, uh, this statement, which I think we can all agree with, and I don't know how accurate it is all the time. There's probably exceptions, but for the most part, he said, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. You're the average of them. So look, think about the people that you guys hang out with. And you're probably, you know, going to look like them to some degree. Maybe you dress like them. Maybe, maybe you talk like them to a certain degree. Um, you probably do similar things, you know. Um, and I'm, you know, whether they're the one copying you or you're the one copying them. Hey, that's that's up to you. I don't I don't know. But you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And and whether we like it or not, uh, we mimic what what comes to us. So, uh, you know, if someone is rude to us, there's a good chance that we'll reciprocate that. And if people are really nice to it, you know, like a good morning and, and you go into work and, or to school and, and people are just really nice that day, you're just like, I'm in a good mood today. Like, it's just a good day, you know, or, or in the same way, if it's the opposite and everyone's like, oh, it's Monday. Mondays like are the worst, and you're just like, yeah, I know they stink. You know, it 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 reciprocates, and and you know whether we like it or not, let's uh, you know, and and if you if you feel right now and you're like, no, I'm not a copycatter, you're probably copying somebody and saying I'm independent. I I'm not a copycatter. I don't I don't follow the trends and. You're following some trend that somebody's not following a trend. So uh, if we can all come together to the point, say, everybody together, we'll say, I'm a copycatter. Ready? One, two, three. I'm a copycatter. Okay, good. We're there. Uh, <laughs> so the question isn't copycatters. The question is, what are we copying? What are we mirroring? You know what is what is the mirror? What are we what are we looking at that's that's being mirrored out, um, and and showing our life and showing what it is more more what it is that we're focusing on, and uh, we're coming to Romans chapter twelve. And so I just want you to kind of like think about that question: What am I copying? We're in Romans chapter twelve, and um, and I want to kind of like 
point out a couple thing, a couple pieces of context that we. It's important to know as we get into Romans 12. And Marcus started. He did the first two verses in the reading, but then he only did. He only got to preaching about the first one. Um, and Romans chapter 12 is really really cool um, because there's a lot of a lot of amazing practical understandings, the practical outworkings of what he talked about through. Romans 1 to 11, which is the gospel, and he builds this case for the gospel. And so, um, and he talked about how there's this big therefore, therefore, and, um, and it's the idea that it's like, let me build this foundation of belief and focus that, that we should have in remembrance of who God is and what he's done, and, and this is therefore, this is what you do. And, uh, and you think back to chapter 4 as Paul was, was building this, this idea of who God was, and that He was in Romans one, He was He there was wrath towards unrighteousness, and that we all sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. And, and Romans chapter six, that uh, that you know the wages of sin is death, um, and uh, and so we we get this built. And and in Romans chapter four, He points to Abraham and He says He says Jew and Gentile, it doesn't matter who you are, so Jewish or non-Jewish. Whatever you are, you're saved by faith. Where you were counted righteous by faith, and he talked about Abraham, and he said Abraham was was counted as righteous because of his faith in God, not by works. And and it, what was interesting was, and and the context here is that Paul, this the apostle, is talking to the Roman church, and what had happened was there was it was a church in Rome of of non-Jewish people and Jewish people, and. And they were unified in, um, in, in their worship. And what happened is uh, Emperor Claudius came along. Um, and what he did was he said, nope, we're going to get all you Jewish people have to leave Rome. And so this church, this Christian church, believers in Jesus that was Jewish and non-Jewish, all the Jewish believers had to leave. And for five years they were out of Rome. And so it's just the, these non-Jewish Christians there. They weren't called Christians at the time, but you get the point. They were, they were followers of Jesus. Non-Jewish believers in Jesus were there, and they were continuing to worship. They, you know, it's not like their relationship with God had changed. Um, they still worship Jesus, and so they had this uh, non-Jewish church. And five years later, the Jewish people came back. They were allowed back, and the Jewish people who were steeped in traditions from the Old Testament and the, you know, all the feasts that they did and and the Passover and circumcision and all these things, you know, they come back to a church that looked very non-Jewish. And all of a sudden it creates this huge division. And it's funny because we have, obviously today there's tons of division um, within within the, the church in the world. Um, but they come back and, and Paul's like, Paul is writing this letter towards this division within this church that's really hurting their mission. It's really hurting what they're doing. And, and the whole letter of uh, to the Roman church is all about bringing these people back together. And so it's about the unification of these non-Jewish believers and these Jewish believers to come together in the gospel, in the, the, the simple gospel and the truths of Jesus that um, that are what what we focus on it's and we we say it's it's like majoring in the majors and minoring in the minors we major in the majors and the major is the gospel and the major is that and we hold fast to that and we are we are unified by that because god's whole heart was in the from the very beginning 
we were separated from God, his whole heart was to unify us, bring us back to him. So, um, so anyway, for Abraham, he's saying, he's saying Abraham was counted righteous by his faith, whether you're Jewish or non-Jewish. And then, and then he goes on in Romans chapter 8, he's saying that because we're all united in that faith is what brings us to God and unifies us with God, those people are now being transformed by his spirit in a beautiful, beautiful way. And uh, in Romans chapter 8, 10 through 11, I love 11 because that's actually where uh, our youth group, kind of like our, our theme verse, because we're 811 youth, comes from Romans 811. But um, it says, uh, but if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And so these, these non-Jewish and Jewish believers are, who, are, who are justified and righteous by faith are now being transformed by that spirit now, that now lives in them, which is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. <clears throat> he goes on and to, to say in verse, or chapters 9 through 11, he's addressing the, the uh, Jewish believers, and he's saying, you don't under, like, what you've got to understand is Jesus was the fulfillment of all of what we, we were the chosen people from the very beginning, and this is how God is fulfilling that. And, uh, and finally, it gets to, Romans chapter 12, and, and Marcus talked about how right at the end of Romans, um, Romans 11, Paul makes this uh, unbelievable, like really, really amazing uh, part of scripture from 33 to 36, and I'll read that. Oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways, for who has known the mind of the Lord, who has been his counselor or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever amen and and then he says that therefore therefore so therefore because we have this amazing god who saves by faith who's transforming us by his spirit and and who's fulfilling all of his old testament prophecies through, uh, through the Israelites, all through those years. He's saying, therefore. So he's spent all this time focusing, and it's focusing on the inward. It's focusing on something in, inside of us. And, uh, and I want to kind of bring this back to this whole copycat idea. Because he goes on in verse 2. Um, so it's a, the first one, it talks about being, we are now a living sacrifice to God. And Marcus spoke of that, about that last week. First of all, if you guys ever miss a message, we have we have podcasts now. Um, we're all like technolo- technologically savvy, so they're on they're on uh, the Apple Podcast app or on Spotify. Um, so if you want to check that out, please check that out. Marcus talked all about how we're a living sacrifice now because of uh, what God did. But then in verse two, uh, and you guys have it. You guys actually have a different version, so I'll, I'll read from the version you have. Um, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And, um, and they, I want to kind of like highlight that word conform. Um, and I was looking it up, the uh, definitions, and it's to fashion oneself according to. To fashion oneself according to, which if you're going to have a synonym to that, it's to copy or to mimic or, you know, 
I would almost say copycatter. Um, do not be a copycatter to the world, to the pattern of this world. Do not copy this world. And so it's funny because you're like, well, I, we spend a, a, lot of, a lot of Christians, we spend so much time trying to say, okay, I'm not going to copy the world. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the world something that's worth copying. And so I'm going to try to do everything I can to change the world. And so all my input is not is stuff that I'd want to copy. So I'm going to only only hang out with people who were, are going to point me to Jesus. I'm only going to do this and this and this. And, this. and these are all like godly things. And I'm going, to, I'm going to remove anything that has anything to do with God. And I, I really, I don't think that's what Paul was pointing to. Because that doesn't point to a, a transforming spirit that's working in our lives. Um, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. It has to do with our focus. Where is our focus? And, and the fact is, is that no matter how hard you try, even, even the godly people in this world are, are still sinners, and we still fall short, and we're still going to end up uh, hurting you, unfortunately, and there's still division, and there's still a lot of, and we see that in the Roman church. We see that division, and those are believers. Those are the earliest believers. Um, so they had the purest form of the gospel. Um, so we can't change the world. It's a change in our focus. So what is it that we're copying? What is it that we're mirroring? It's no longer what, that we're mirroring the world. It's that our focus is on something different. Are we mirroring what Jesus did for us? And that's why Paul spent so long describing the, the gospel in Romans 1 through Romans 11. Because he's saying, Focus on him. Focus on what Jesus has done for you and mirror him. And then in the midst of the world having all this input to you, you you're not, your focus isn't there. Your focus is on him still. And what's amazing is that we can then mirror him to the world rather than mirroring the world back to itself. And, uh, and then it says, so don't, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of, of your mind. And I want to ask wh- like what is it that is renewing our minds? So if if something is something has to be renewing our minds, what is it? What is the thing that is renewing us? And uh, and that's the therefore. That goes back to the therefore. What is this verse therefore? It's therefore because of the gospel. Because of all that th- all that stuff that he was sharing and and it's pointing more more purely because the gospel is what? It's the good news of Jesus Christ and that he fulfilled all those things that God, God set forth. So the, the, the thing that's renewing us is the gospel is revealed in Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And so it should be, it's, it's a focus on the gospel that's revealed in Jesus. And so then that way, I'm, when I experience hatred from the world, I'm able to, instead of mirroring that hate back, I remember not the hate that Christ gave me, but the love that he gave me. And now I get to, and, and in some way, you know, it, and, and you see it in like the Sermon on the Mount. You see Jesus saying, don't hate, don't hate your enemies. In fact, love your enemies. And you're like, well, how do I do that? How am I supposed to, I can't, 
I can't give what I've never, I can't give what I'm not receiving. And if I'm receiving hate, how can I give love? That doesn't make any sense. And he's saying, you're not going to receive love from them. You're going to receive love from me. Mirror that love to them. And, and you see this over and over and over. And this is always what Jesus is saying. And, and the, that truth, what Jesus is saying is that, that it starts from within. The, when we mirror something, we're, we're mirroring it into our heart. And then we're, we're expelling it out. And we, we can't, just like it says, we cannot give what we have not received. And so my question is, what have you been receiving? Have you received it? Because you're not going to, if you haven't received God's love, then there's just no way you can, you can love your neighbor and it not be an act and it not be false. And um, I want to give an example of this. Um, just this past week, I had a conversation with somebody um, and they were talking about their finances and, and more specifically giving. <laughs> saying, well, like I, you know, it's, it's weird because like I can't, I, I don't give joyfully now. Like it just feels like it's a, it's like hard to do. Um, and and I, I was listening and I, I wanted to hear what they had to say. And it's like, well, you know, and I know the, God, the Bible teaches that like we should give with a giving heart, right? We, with a joyful heart and we, and we like enjoy it and it's, it's wonderful to give. And, uh, and what I wanted to point her to was the idea that in the same way, like if we aren't going to, we aren't going to give out what we haven't received. The idea was is that a, a heart that isn't joyful to give is a heart that doesn't feel given to. And and so rather than just saying we'll just give and be joyful and you know that's and I think we do that quite often. You know we're just like keep loving like just love just love your neighbor. You know and we spend so much time doing that and saying rather than doing what Paul did is spending a lot of time at saying let me remind you. Of, of who God is and what he's done for you. And that way you can experience. It's not just about knowledge. We, we want to experience God's, um, and in that, in that specific scenario, we want to experience God, God's giving to us. And so what I did was I wanted to take her to a place of reminder of God's giving to her. And, and more specifically, the way he gave even though we didn't deserve. And, uh, and it was so cool, just a couple days later, um, she came back to me and she was like, you know what, like, I, I prayed about it and I, and I asked God, remind me of, of how you gave to me and I didn't deserve it. And, and she, was, she said, I gave this week and it was, it was incredible and joyful and wonderful to give because she remembered that she was given to when she didn't deserve it. And God gave his one and only son. And, and this is just one example, okay? This is one example. But, but the question is, what are we copying? What are we mirroring? And uh, we always have to go back to that. And the end of, So I have all these other verses on here, which we didn't read yet. Um, but what's happening is, is that uh, Paul is essentially writing down all these ways in which if you, if you experience... The God that we shared in the gospel. And you focus on him. These are the mirror. This is what you're mirroring. And, and I love it. It comes back to why Paul's writing the letter. Is the, is the coming together. The unifying of the church. And he's saying if you do all these things. When we mirror God. There's no other option but to unify. 
There's no other option but the bringing back together and the reconciliation of, of that church. And, uh, and it's, it's just as true for the Roman church, you know, 2,000 years ago as it is for our church here today. Um, and, uh, and so it's so important that we can do this so that we, not only, not only for our own walk with the Lord, that we can, you know, just like my friend who, who didn't have joy in giving, and I reminded her of the gospel that points to a God who gave when she didn't deserve, that was, it was joyful to give. It's hard to hold on. When we hold on, and because that's what the world does. The world says, hold on to what you have. Don't give. Don't give. You need, how are you going to pay for your kids this or that? How are you going to get your new, your new you know, house or kitchen or car or whatever? Like, hold on to it. Save. Save your money. And, and we, we, we copy and copy the world and not God. And what we don't realize is that, that, that just, just as much as any, you know, Vegas sin, <laughs> you know, the, the drug, sex, and alcohol and all that, you know, just as much sin as this maybe is, is us not believing in the God who gave to us by saying, oh, you know, I don't really feel joyful in giving. What we're really what we're really saying is that I'm focusing on something that's not God, which is just as much sin. And, uh, and it, takes that, it takes that refocusing because the act of repentance is not a change. It's not the change in action of giving that she had. It was the change in her heart. And, and Jesus, you see Jesus doing that all through his ministry. He's like, stop, stop focusing on those check boxes that you're doing, following the, the rules. Because as long as you're just following the rules, you're missing the heart. And, uh, and so we want to go back to that. And so I want us to read these together, um, verses 9 through 21. And, and as we read them, so yeah, yeah, go ahead and turn to the front of your bulletins. As we read them, I want you guys to think, and, and this might be hard for some, but I want you to think as we read them, what, is, what are we mirroring? Because all these things are things that Jesus did. All these things are involved in how Jesus came into our life and transformed us. And so let's see, because these are just, this is the last result. This is the, this is the, you know, the end result of something that's happened in these people's hearts. And so we'll go ahead and read this. I want to read it all together. So love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and not and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. 
Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is all the outpouring of of a group of people saying, what am I a copycatter of? I'm a copycatter, not of this world, but I'm a, I'm a copycatter. I'm going to conform myself to Christ and what he's done for me. And, and I, I want to... I want to make sure because when we when we talk about that second part of the, the verse, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I mentioned that in Romans chapter 8, it talks about the spirit. This isn't something that we can do without the spirit. We cannot copy Jesus. We can't. It's completely impossible. He lived so far above what, we, what standard we could ever live by. And so without the Spirit of God transforming our minds and our hearts, there's no way that we can live like that list that we just said. There's no way that we can, we can do that. And without the Spirit of God, we can't reach out to God and say, remind me of what you've done. Because like I said, it's not the knowledge. It's not the knowledge of what God's done for you that will make you give. It's not, it wasn't the knowledge of my friend, my friend who was, who was saying, Jesus, remind me of how much you gave. She couldn't just look at a book and say, Jesus gave to you. And you're like, oh, okay. If she didn't experience the giving that Jesus gave to her, if she didn't feel that and experience that, then she could have never had joy in giving. And so, and, and, we have to remember that when we, when we look and we refocus on God and we say, I'm going to mirror him, it's, it's something we experience. And, and I know, you know, we, we, it, it can be confusing when we talk a lot about feelings and how feelings aren't truth. And that, and that, that is true. Feelings are not truth. But f- what feelings do is they, they reveal what it is that we believe. And, and so when we feel not joyful, when my friend feels not joyful in giving, what it's really telling is that, is that I, I don't believe, I'm not focusing on a God who gave, I'm focusing on a people who say to hold on. And rather say, I, I want to experience how God gave to me. And when you go to that place and you realize that just like uh, in Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes it says, I was, I was poor in spirit, I was I was in poverty. I had nothing. And then you realize a God who loved you so much that he gave his only son. And it, and it takes you to that place, that place where you experience that I can't do a thing without him. And his mercies are so incredible. And, and we, we are taken to that place and we experience it. Then, then we mirror. Then we're, then we're copycatters of Jesus. And then his spirit, and his spirit is working through us in that. And, uh, and so... Just closing, what are we copying? What are we mirroring out to people? Let's pray. Father, you, uh, you are so good. Thank you so much for uh, bringing your apostles into this world who, who found your uh, teachings and your story uh, worth it enough to, uh, to inspire them to write it down for us. Inspire them to, uh, to spend their time and their lives um, giving of everything to you. Father, we thank you for this word from Paul, but more importantly, this word from you, that uh, we get the opportunity not to mirror, not to conform ourselves to this world, 
but we get the opportunity to mirror you. Um, and we can only do that through your spirit, Lord. So I pray this morning, God, if your spirit is not working in us, that he would start and that we would be open to it. Father, you are so good. And, and I know in my life, when I, when I try to hold on to all the things that I want, I end up losing. I end up losing it all. But when I give, give of myself freely to you and say, God, you know what? Transform me. Conform me to you, not to this world. Even when it doesn't make sense, I'm going to conform myself to you. That's when I live the most free. Father, help us be copycatters of Jesus. We pray all this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen.